If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. We've played with elements of like hacking into the system. So we had that where the bad guy infiltrates the Zoom call and then starts sending more films and uh uh-oh, everybody else is getting picked off. Halloween is coming and immersive theater group Black Mass is using remote technology to bring interactive horror experiences into people's homes. And after Halloween, they are not going to stop nor are the remote performance experiences they offer exclusively horror. What they're doing creatively can provide some guidelines if you would like to create a remote spine-tingling experience for friends or family this Halloween. Reina Velarde is one of the co-founders of Black Mass, as well as their communications and finance director. She's also an actor, filmmaker, professional haunter, wrestler, and an educator. Reina is an adjunct professor at Cal State Long Beach. Raina, before we get to talking about what you're doing with Black Mass and what that means for creating horror remotely, I'd love to know how you first fell in love with creating horror experiences and characters. I love that question. I fell in love with horror probably when I was about eight or so years old. Probably too young to be watching horror movies, but my dad let me watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original 1976 film. And then from there, like I wasn't really afraid. I was intrigued how to scare people and watching my dad scare people and watching my dad scare my cousins and just fell in love with the genre. What did you learn from the way your dad scared people and how to scare people for Halloween and other times with Black Mass? So the first time my dad did it, we were watching, I think it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre in my dad's. He was a carpenter and a builder, and so he actually built his own apartment in my grandma's backyard. And my cousins and I were watching a movie and I heard the chainsaw sound from outside. And then he opened the door and I just saw a silhouette of my dad in the door with this chainsaw. And my cousin started freaking out and I started laughing. Um, I thought it was funny. I don't know if it's because I knew it was my dad or just because like watching them get freaked out, like brought me some sort of joy in a weird way. Um, But that just instantly was just like, all right, this is fun. And especially like knowing at the end, you know, that it was all kind of, fun and games and that there was nobody, no intent for harm where we all kind of were able to laugh at it afterwards, I think made it like, as long as everybody's having fun and we're good, then, you know, there was a nice foundation for that, that it was a good time, that it wasn't meant to be a prank or like hurt anybody. I was wondering when I looked at Black Mass, it's an interesting mix. You go some very dark places, but you keep a sense of humor. And I'd wondered how you did that. I think you just answered that. (laughs) Yeah, I do enjoy the dark sense of humor for sure. And I kind of feel like every genre needs either just a little humor, you know, even if it's something dramatic and heartfelt and sad, like somewhere in that we need something to laugh at. Um, So even if it's like horror, I think it's interesting to use humor in a way to kind of off put people. We're like, oh, I'm safe and comfortable. It's funny and like, no, it's not safe and comfortable. It's not. And so I like it as like misdirection. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're having a lot of fun with creating horror and humor at the same time. Would you tell me the story of Black Mass, please? Absolutely. So the four of us, our co-founder cohort, Alex C. James, Amori Stewart, and my partner, Paul Stephen Edwards, and I, we all used to work for different industries. Specifically, we worked together for Heretic Haunted House, 
which is an extreme haunted house. And then Amori worked for like Dark Harbor. Paul's a filmmaker, does a lot of horror. And we all just wanted to keep doing it because Heretic went away. They were no longer doing shows. And we were a great group together. We traveled the world and country. We went to different states here in the country. We traveled to Switzerland and England together with that company. And we just loved it so much that we were like, all right, well, if that's not going to happen anymore, we want to keep doing it. We want to continue what we're doing and then also bring our ideas and our you know input into it a whole lot more. And so then we just sat down and we're like, all right, this is what we're doing. We want to create more art. Now, what do we call ourselves? And sat down, had a just brainstorm session and Paul said Black Mass. And then that's when we were all like, oh, we all kind of, we all like that. All right. And then futzed around with how to kind of create the name and how to spell it. And we did it with the fours and confuses some people. Some people email us with the actual spelling of the word black. And then that gets a little confusing. But of our love of our old company was born this company. Yeah. It looks like a blast. But then along came the pandemic. We should mention that Black Mass is not just Halloween. It looks like you did shows constantly year round. We did. And we started with the intent that it's more than Halloween. It's a haunt. It's storytelling. It's performance art. It's immersive. We want to get people, you know, in the same room as us with our characters. But then, yeah, exactly. Once the pandemic happened, we were like, well, what do we do? And then a lot of other companies, Black Heart Collective, the Crucible did advanced treatment. And we started seeing what other companies were doing. We're like, oh, it is possible to go online and do art. And Alex created our first remote show called I, where it was on Zoom and it was, you know, interacting with a bunch of characters. And so that was our first like, okay, we can interact and create a storyline. And then you're watching what's happening to these characters and they're weird and creepy, but then you eventually watch two of the characters work together to kidnap one of the other characters. So you kind of watch a live kidnapping happen on Zoom, which then set up his second show. And then my show that I created was called Eddie. And I wanted to, I took his idea and I was like, okay, that's cool. Now how can we make that different and make it even better and make it more interactive? So I did mine on Zoom and I had four guests come in at once. And my idea was, because I also do murder mystery shows as well, was to kind of create a murder mystery effect, you know, have them interact in the way of being detectives. So we created a little scene. All right, there's this group of agents, you know, and we're all bad guys, but you're now coming in to interview these bad guys to figure out, well, what happened to one of the significant others? My character, Kat's husband was kidnapped and we were trying to figure out what happened to him and why he got kidnapped. So the beginning of all that, you get to watch all of these characters interact with each other and talk to each other. And you have a set of questions that you're set to ask all of these characters. But for the first half of it, you're just listening to their stories about how they kill people. And, you know, so I'm trying to create more like descriptive stories that you're watching since you can't be in the room with us and like very, very interesting, you know, character looks. And then we started playing with pre-recorded stuff. So instead of just being live, we started doing snippets. That way we can have more of like a short movie element into our shows. So then when my character finally comes in and joins everyone, hey, my husband's been kidnapped. 
oh, well, no, he's actually been murdered. And then here's the video that somebody sent to me and then dun, 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 you know, sends up the like, okay, so not only do we have somebody kidnapping somebody and now they've actually died. And then we've played with elements of like hacking into the system. You know, what happens if, you know, out of our control, somebody starts messing with our Zoom. So we had that where the bad guy infiltrates the Zoom call and then starts sending more films and uh uh-oh, everybody else is getting picked off somebody's significant others getting murdered off. So now the murder mystery becomes a little bit more and more and more where really it's not about figuring out who did it because by the end of the show, we kind of, we tell you who did it. So I wanted to start with the elements that you think you're going to be helpful and you're going to think you're going to come up with the, you know, who did it. But at the end, nope, all that doesn't matter. You know, all of this was a setup and, you know, we had our antagonist come up with their little monologue at the end. So lots of different elements of, using live Zoom, using pre-recorded stuff, using text-based, and then we're just kind of going to go blow up. And we got more and more ideas, not just from each other's shows, but from our kind of like cousin companies that are doing similar stuff. So sorry, long, long explanation of that show. But then we had a recent one, Switchblade Romance, which Alex did his sequel to that first one where we played more with live elements and then also played with the pre-recorded stuff. And like just being able to do the effects and being able to show people that we can still do that, even though you're not in the room with us. So we had live, you know, effects happen all at the same time. So the coordinating of all of that is really like what's behind the scenes and really, really interesting and fun. What if somebody listening wants to learn from you? Obviously, most of our listeners won't be creating extreme Halloween experience or anything, but some people might want to make some kind of a Halloween experience for family or friends. Where would you start if you had that to do? And what are some of the resources you like? So I think that nowadays everyone has a phone and the phones are the best tools because you can do the filming on them. You know, like even if you had an older iPhone that was like or older Android or whatever phone you have, older phones are still way tech, you know, more technologically advanced than, you know, cameras, you know, were. And so I think if you just have a phone and then you get some editing systems, you can start playing with pre-recording and then editing kind of gags together, right? So even if you wanted to do like a scary makeup, you know, like a lot of TikTokers kind of do where you kind of are plain face, you leave the camera, you know, then edit it where you pop out and maybe have a scary face. Or, and that's what we do kind of for our gags where somebody's getting maybe stabbed or cut or something like that. You know, those are all camera tricks. That's all it is, is that, you know, I'm here. Ah, someone's coming at me. We, you know, edit it so that once we're harmed or whatever, then that comes. So just playing with the camera and playing with like the behind the scenes and knowing how to set that up, right? Like where you're going to want to be in one makeup or one kind of clothes for the first half cut. And then you're going to want to change and do all your makeup. That way you don't have to hide the makeup. You know, or maybe you want to do hide the makeup because you're going to do a quick change. So maybe you cover up with clothing or some sort of prop or angle an actor in front of you so that, you know, it's, you know, who everyone's a camera. You're going to only they're going to see what you want them to see. And I think that's the trick being able to do that and then just play, play with small things first and then build to bigger productions. If you're going to do it virtually and play with that kind of stuff. Yeah. The engineering behind behind all the creation is is fun. 
It seems that keeping people engaged when everybody's at home and we have six other things going on is a real challenge. What do you find works best for your shows and what might you not do again? I think that what works best for the shows is having the audience members have tasks to do, that there is something for them to listen for or ask or look for in the production. I think those things keep people kind of in line. Things that I would do differently do 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 let me think about that that's a good question <laughs> i think if anything not necessarily to do it differently but always keep the open mind to build and always have other people help you along the way and then also don't be afraid to go to other people's see what other people are doing because it's not necessarily a competition it's all art and we can all learn and share and you know not think of things as like oh but they did it better than me no figure out what they did and learn from them, ask, don't be afraid to ask people what they did so that you can all be better and we can all create better art and shows and and whatnot. Yeah. Let's share a resource. When you say learn from what other people are doing, obviously Black Mass is one of them and we'll do a shameless plug in just a moment, but what are some of the other resources that you really like to see what other people are doing? I think our friends at Black Heart Collective, they are a big, big resource because they've been doing I think for me, at least, they were the pioneers in doing shows on Discord and doing a lot of text-based shows where it's a lot of character development and writing and reading and kind of getting your audience to read. Because I didn't really think of myself as a reader. You know, I I read a lot of books. I feel like I read in grad school. I don't need to read anymore. (laughs) They've really gotten me to read a lot more. And then also to be a writer live where we're just creating And then also they set you up with different tasks to do. And you could do it, you know, some people could do really a simple answer to their tasks, but I think they really challenged me to to create more art and to participate in their shows in that way. And it's been really, really inspirational. I'm actually taking one of my shows, My 90s Nightmare, which was a live show we did. Ooh, I'm trying to remember when we did that. It was Halloween of 2019. Yeah, so it was 2019. Halloween is when we did M. Nighty's Nightmare. And there were six people that came through my show at once. And it was basically a one-woman show that I turned in. It was a book that turned into a one-woman show that turned into an immersive theater production. And I'm changing that to be a show on Discord. That's what's coming up at the end of this year. I'm working on that right now. And the nice thing about that as well, not only have they pioneered like the art part of it and how they set up visuals and words and videos, but also opening up a whole door to an international audience, which is great. We've already had people from other countries fly to the States to come to our shows, but now there's even more people coming in because... Now there's no borders. There's no boundaries. We can, we're literally open to anybody that has access to the internet and Zoom or or Discord. So that's the other thing that has really been inspired is that we can perform internationally even more. (laughs) So yeah, Blackheart Collective, Crucible. I know there's another company. I can't remember what their name is at the top of my head, but they were a Florida-based group. They did a show that was not horror-based that was on Discord. And that was really interesting and neat. Gosh, I wish we could remember what their name was. But yeah, not just horror. You know, there's can be like drama and action and lots of like emotional stories that people are telling. It's an interesting platform for these stories that are getting to be told that I don't think would have been told otherwise. So it's just like, 
ah, pandemic, but if we're going to try to look at the bright side of some things, I think some benefits is definitely the, the storytelling and the art that has come out of it. My 90s Nightmare, where can people find out more about your performances of your one-woman show later this year, and where can they find out more about what you're going to be doing with Black Mass? For My 90s Nightmare, shorthand would be just M90sN is the is what the flyer will say. We're going to have a group come through in November, and then I'm going to open that up this winter. So December, December, January, the end of this year, and then 2022. So applicants will get that information for all of our shows first. They can email us at blackmass at gmail.com. It's BL4KM4SS at gmail. And basically, we'll send you three questions to answer. We just want to know a little bit about you. And then we'll get you into our system. And then you can get all the show information. Once you're in our system, also, you can get the show information and booking before we allow the public to book. So just keep that in mind. But most of our information will be on our Instagram page which is the same thing, Black Mass, um, on Instagram. And we have a Facebook and a Twitter, but majority of the stuff is Instagram. We should mention that this is like noir film with a sense of humor. I've heard it called extreme, but I've also heard people say, no, Black Mass is not an extreme haunt. How would you define it? So we have not called ourselves an extreme haunt. We're more immersive theater. For the most part, you're kind of in with this kind of underground CD mafia type of group where things may happen. Someone might come in and they've been shot. You might shoot someone with a grenade launcher. You might tase a character. And so like those types of things, you're kind of in the mix with these characters. We do have a more intense show coming up. That will be 2022. I will just tease that, that something more extreme is going to happen for those that want that, because we do know that we have some people that are are aching for that kind of show. But we kind of do everything. We have the emotional kind of stuff like M. Nighty's Nightmare. We have more the adventure noir stuff that's the M series. And then coming soon, we're going to have some more intense stuff coming up. So kind of we're like a buffet. (laughs) We have something kind of for everybody. And then now with the remote shows, like if you don't want anyone to touch you at all, remote shows are, are the thing for you to do. So kind of something for everyone. We like our people to be 21 and up. We've had some people that are, you know, 2019 come through, but for free, you'd be a little older and kind of, you know, more grounded than a a teenager. Um, But yeah, that's us. (laughs) Unscary, can be a little disturbing or unsettling from what I've read, and really creative, inventive, and a whole lot of fun. What has been one of your best moments growing as an artist since you've started doing your remote shows? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I think... A couple of things. I think learning and growing what my limits are as a performer. For example, we had during COVID, my partner and I did a show called Intimacy and we created literally a box that had a window and we sealed it all the way from the top, the sides, where there was absolutely no connection with you and the guests. And we performed naked from this box. And we both had different stories. So depending on when you came through the show... You either got my story or you got his. My story was actually about, it was based on a true story from a friend of mine that I went to high school with who actually contracted COVID. And she posted basically everything, her day-to-day when she was in the hospital. And then, of course, when she, she actually was on a ventilator and she got off of it and survived and is healthy and thriving now. But 
I got to tell her story. And I, I thought in my mind, like, yeah, I could tell the story. We could do we could do a couple shows per night. And then as we production started to go, I realized this is an intense show. I'm so glad we only booked one a night because I don't know if I could do this more than once a night, having not just being in that box, but also telling that story and being that character several times. And it was, I think, a little bit more intense than doing My 90s Nightmare, which I also only did once a night as well. But I had a lot more bookings of that, which was my story and me talking about myself. But I think, yeah, understanding and learning what my limits are as a performer, I think, is something that I learned after doing that show. Yeah. What we didn't really clarify is, of course, there are remote shows, but are you also doing some on-site shows within the next few months? So we've done intimacy in person we had a quick little one-off we called the unconventional show with three of our guests, kind of our longtime guests that have been around with us for a long time. And they had actually bought tickets to that show pre-COVID. So we put a little show on for them. But other than that, and that one we did masks, the guests had to wear masks. We modified it a little bit so that we did some of the scenes a little bit different. We didn't have a lot of people come through that show. And that's one of our traveling shows. It's one of our rare shows that we keep coming back. And that will be something that we'll do probably again this summer in travel. We've done the South. We've traveled all the way to Florida and back with that show up to Washington. So I think we'll be taking that to the East Coast and maybe North this time, trying to hit some more states. But yeah, there are some shows in the works that we are going to do in person, but we're not going to do those till 2022. I always feel a little strange when I ask that because I'm thinking, well, we don't really know what's going to happen yet. So for right now, Black Mass, Remote, and My 90s Nightmare sounds like something for people to experience. Finally, Raina, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from your work? Hmm. Something I would want the audience to take away from my work. I think... My biggest thing that I want people to get out, especially when I did M90's Nightmare, is that we all have stories and we all should share them. That the more you share your story and your experience, the more that you'll start to realize you're not alone and that other people have those experiences. And so no matter what it is, say it out loud, even if it's your friends, even if you write it in your journal, even if you post it on social media, I think the biggest step to knowing that you're not alone is to say it out loud. And then we build those connections and then build those foundations and then realize like, oh, it's not a competition. We all are kind of living this together, whether it's art, whether it's school, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever you're doing, whatever you're building, whatever you're making, it's not necessarily a competition. And the more people that you have around you to help you lift yourself in whatever platform you're doing, I think the better. Don't do things alone. I think that's one of the last you know, productions that we were in. People were doing things alone. And there's four of us. And all these companies that I've mentioned before, Black Heart Collective, they have a group of people. So find your people, you know, say things out loud, find your people, find your group, find your tribe, <laughs> and then work with those people with your own common goal. So yeah, whatever that is for your innovation. Yeah. Raina, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. <laughs> You and I have been listening to Black Mask co-founder Raina Velarde, whose professional credits include being a filmmaker, actor, and educator. Be sure to check out Black Mask on Instagram for updates on their current performances. As Raina mentioned, they do have something for everyone and not strictly horror. 
They spell their name BL4KM4SS. Just think of the four as being the A. You can also email them to find out more about upcoming shows, BL4KM4SS at gmail.com. And take a look for updates on Raina's one-woman show, My 90s Nightmare, which is coming up on Discord at the end of this year. Black Mass has also released the show Intimacy, to which Raina referred earlier. You'll find out more information on that on their website, blackmass.com. Again, spelled, you guessed it, BL4KM4SS.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.